Guys, welcome to uh well I guess it's now now uh now we talking the Matt and Todd cast, a little name yeah. change. Uh, switched over from the Ocean State Athlete Podcast. Did we get a trademark on that yet or what? It's it's in the works. It's okay. in the works. A little bit more fitting for what we're gonna be doing. Um it's gonna be uh less about uh spotlights on uh Ocean State and Rhode Island athletes and coaches. Still gonna have uh some Rhode Island themes to it, but um a lot more of a sway. I guess you call what sports variety show now, Todd? A little mixture sports, of everything. Yeah, it's, I think that's a good sports variety. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, you know where we go from here. Um, I think everybody will be kind of excited. We're going to cover a lot more national sports. We're going to bring in bring in people from all around the country that have different uh, opinions, uh, so we can kind of also get some ideas of uh, what's going on in their area and with their local sports. Um, okay. So it's, it's going to be fun. And we're going to take a quick hiatus after this week, too, uh, because I'm having a baby. So I'm That's right. A little paternity leave for you. Yeah, exactly. And I wonder if I'm going to get paid for that. <laughs> but uh, this Wait, week, you get paid? Yeah. I'll have a big, big time bucks. Big time oh, okay. Bucks. I, I, I thought I'm donating my, my illustrious <laughs> yeah. salary for this to charity. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I can buy a coffee yet with what I've gotten paid, but, you know, I'm, I'm catching up. All right. Um, it adds up. Exactly. Um, so this week we got a, a special guest early on in the show. We're going to bring in uh, Vinny Gebhardt. He's a Work City Council Ward 9 Democratic nominee. We're going to have a quick discussion about voting, about politics, what's going on in the area. Let's uh, bring on Vinny. Vinny, hey, what's up, bud? Hey, guys. What's going on? Hey. Things are good. Good to have you on. We're excited that you were able to come on. What's Who's up, this guy? Uh, what's up, Ryan? Boss. Whoa. <laughs> Boss. <laughs> My bad. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no problem, Ronnie. I do like the subtitle on that. The boss. boss. Us, I think that was just the power move, letting us know that, like, guys, I'm watching you. Apparently. <laughs> so, Vinny, uh, you're uh, the new uh, Ward 9 uh, Democratic nominee. Let's uh, give us a little rundown of uh, what your platform is and what's going on for, for Ward 9 and Warwick. Yeah, right on. So uh, thanks for having me. First off, uh, man, Todd, this is awesome. Love the new logo and the new name. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm running for city council um, in Warwick. Um, you were saying earlier uh, that this is somewhat of your COVID project. And I guess yeah. uh, <laughs> I guess city council is kind of mine. Um you know, we we've had the same city council person in in war in this part of Warwick for uh, about twenty years. Uh, so <clears throat> it was time for a change. He actually ran for for uh, Senate, um, which opened state up Senate? for state Senate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, he didn't make it through the primary. Um, but uh, but I've always been interested in in local government. Um, you know, I'm on a few nonprofit boards. I like to I like to fill my time. Um, I'm just not that great at sitting still. Um, and uh, it, you know, the, it's a big city, Warwick. Um, you know, 330 million dollar budget. Um, a lot of complex issues. Um, just like a lot of cities and towns have, but you know, you need strong leadership to, to see your way through some of this stuff. And, you know, we'll get into a few of the topics later around, you know, around kids and school and, 
um, sort of what's happening nationally and globally with, uh, with the pandemic and everything. But um, at the time uh, when I was looking at the race, um, there were, you know, two very well-intentioned, you know, great kids running both under 23 years old. Um, and I just thought, you know, like I'm excited that people are excited to contribute, but I really felt like um, I had the experience um, I had the passion um, and with what was happening just for me personally with work and everything um, being, you know, pretty slow over the summer months, like that I had the time to get through the campaign um, and then that I had the time uh, to dedicate to, you know, being an active member of the of the council, you know, if I get elected. So um, I'm really looking forward to it. I, you know, and then so that was the beginning and then since then, I've knocked on like two thousand doors, including <laughs> yours. Yeah. Um, you know, I've I've been everywhere. You know, people text me all all the time, like I just saw you walking up Love Lane, just saw you walking up Queensit Road. Um, and that part has been really cool um, to get to know neighbors, um, to get to talk about what's important to them, um, what topics are on their mind, all that kind of stuff. It's been uh, it's been pretty awesome. So. Yeah, how's I'm, it been with uh, with knocking on doors during a pandemic? Um, my experience has been great, actually, because I think a lot of people hadn't talked to anyone in months. Uh, there's, like, there's like complete <laughs> reverse. Yeah, come on yeah. in, man. Get in here. <laughs> Fresh faces. Uh, you know, and it, it's funny how. You know, so I'm a first time campaigner, right? This yeah. is my first foray. But one of the dynamics, especially about campaigning in New England, is like you start, especially if you have a primary, you start in like May or June and you go through the summer. And if you're fortunate enough to win the primary in September, so you have this whole summer season. So I was knocking on doors in July and August. I don't know if you remember this summer, like every night was 100 degrees. Yeah. Uh, I lost like 15 pounds. Um, it was brutal, but you know, so you're out there and then all of a sudden you win the primary and you're like, Oh, I'll just do that again. And, uh, then, you know, the sun starts setting an hour earlier and an hour yeah. earlier. Now it's like five forty, five fifty is the, is sunset. And so the days get shorter, it gets colder, the weather gets right. worse. So it's funny to see the sort of the arc of the campaign and, and just through the seasons. So do you, for city council, do you self fund your campaign? That's part of it. Yeah. So that's a big commitment. Yeah. So, um, you know, you, or do you, you get donations. You need to get your name out there, right? Yeah. Um, I definitely had friends and family who were super generous, um, and, um, who knew, you know, that this would be something that I would be good at. Um, they, you know, I, I used to joke with people who I was asking for money, like if I had a dollar for every time somebody told me to run for something, I wouldn't have to ask you for money, but a <laughs> yeah, right. hundred bucks, you know, <laughs> um, and uh, so, so yeah, you do like, pe you know, people kicking money, you do fundraiser, you know, I did, and it, I mean, this is a tough year to fundraise, but yeah. I did, you know, like a, a socially distanced fundraiser at, um, at Huck's uh, over on Main Street. Um, and then last week I did a drive-in movie. 
Um, oh, wow. How was that, by the way? I, we awesome. weren't able to come. That, it, it, it was awesome. We did, awesome. We did uh, Hocus Pocus. <laughs> um, Appropriate. And uh, yeah, we had like 200 people. Cool. Um, we, we had to go through the whole you know, COVID plan. Um, Department of Health came out. Um, they actually gave out free masks to everyone who came. Um, but, you know, everyone stayed in their cars. Um, we had to solve for concessions. Uh, that was one of the big things the state was concerned about is, you know, if you're going to have concessions available, we don't want people standing in line. That's like their number one no-no. So we actually had people text us the orders. And then I had, I mean, Jill, my, my wife, Jill was, <laughs> she was like an expediter. And then I, I had like 10 other friends just volunteer. So we were like getting the text, put the order in and then bring whatever, you know, popcorn, cotton candy, fried Oreos. And then we would run it to their car. Um, and that's how we were able to, to do it. But it, it was awesome. Like people had a great time. The kids had a blast. Everyone loves Hocus Pocus. So um, yeah, it was a good time. They're coming out with another one, right? They're totally off topic. I think they're really. Like, I'm pretty sure. I'll check during the break with one. My just not enough. <laughs> exactly. You gotta have more Oak Spoke. 1993. So that movie's yeah. got some years on it. So the people uh, watching and listening, give them a little bit of your background. Um, yeah. For a reason, you know what? Not what qualifies you, but you know what? What skills that you've had in the past that will, you know, will make you be. Uh, a really good uh, addition to the city council. And, and yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so uh, just like background, you know, I'm, I grew up in Cranston, um, which I'm not supposed to say in Warwick, but, um, cool. but, but I did, uh, I went to LaSalle high school and I, I went to Providence. What College. year were you, what year did you graduate? La, uh, college or, or high LaSalle. School? LaSalle uh, 99. Oh, so we're using my, class. you're my year. So you wouldn't know my wife. I, she, she went to LaSalle too. Okay. Right. Uh, and I went to Providence College, compu studied computer science, and that's you know I've basically worked in in technology in one form or another uh, mm -hmm. for you know the last twenty years. Um, uh, so part of that was in the restaurant business. So I was like a consultant for technology around restaurants. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, part of that was just in more like pure IT type stuff. And then the last like 10 years or so has mostly been management around technology. So either in software companies or high tech companies. Um, and really that last, you know, probably five or seven years, I've been, um, you know, really passionate about building my leadership chops and I did leadership Rhode Island in 20, uh, 2015, um, which is like a statewide leadership program works with people from all, you know, all sectors, um, for-profit, nonprofit government, um, uh, public service and sort of like helps um, them become better leaders. So I did the program in 2015 I was so passionate about it. I actually joined the board in 2016. I've been on the board um, ever since. So, um, you know, I'm about bringing people together. Um, you know, I think we have we have a lot of problems. Um, we have a lot of challenges. We have a lot of issues in front of us. But, uh, you know, just focusing on those isn't going to get us anywhere. You know, we need to have dialogue. We need to be able to talk 
uh, amongst ourselves to like figure out what are the what are the solutions that we can put together moving forward. Um, we need to be good neighbors to each other. Um, we need to focus on kids and schools um, and how we build a brighter future for them. Um, and, uh, you know, those are some of the things that I'm passionate about. You know, selfishly, I want my kids to have the best education possible. I want them to go to school with all these great friends and that we've made yeah. in the neighborhood. You know, that that like dynamic that happens around a really good public school um, where you have a neighborhood that all the kids go to the same school and it's very close knit. And, um, you know, that's a really nice thing to have as a community. And, you know, that's what I'd like to see my kids grow up. Um, in, in that that kind sounds of good to me. Yeah. Being right. a neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, I think that's the, that's the number one building block is, is the public school system. Yeah. It, it, everything kind of stems off of that, in my opinion. And, you know, you, get, you attract more people to the area, um, you know, keep kids in the public school system if it's good, you know, if it's good and, and um, you know, consistent. I mean, I'm a product of going to public school in Connecticut and I, I, I kind of my town had what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so I would love to see that for Warwick. Yeah. And, you know, even for people who don't have kids in the schools, you know, if mm -hmm. you look right next door in East Greenwich, um, you know, they have. I mean, a lot of our neighborhoods in Ward 9 have an East Greenwich uh, zip code and address their mail, East Greenwich. Um, so they, they, the communities really blend in to each other. But yeah. you'll see the property values are considerably higher in East Greenwich proper. And most of that is predicated on just having a reputation for having better schools. Right. Um, and, you know, that's a huge area of economic growth for us as a community, because if we can build up, you know, not just the schools, but also the reputation of the schools, yeah. mm -hmm. um, then, you know, that, that can be a big boost to property values. And so even if you don't have kids in the school for, for a lot of people, yeah. their home is their single biggest asset. Yeah. Uh, so if you can appreciate your single biggest asset by, you know, X percent, uh, based on, you know, not an improvement you made, but on the performance of, of, you know, schools and having a vibrant community that people are, you know, desire to move into, that's a win-win for everybody. What do you think that entails? Uh, building a new high school? Um, yeah. For funding? What do you, like, yeah. where do you start? It's, yeah. So facilities are a big part of it. Um, we, the, the newest school in Warwick is Tollgate and was built 50 years ago. Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's okay. got, you know, it's got so, some uh, on it and the rest of the schools do too. Right. So we've just got older schools and, um, and there's been a funding gap for a number of years where, you know, the, you know, teachers have to get paid in order to show up. Retirement right. plans have to get funded. Pensions have to get funded. Um, you got to buy books. You got to turn the lights on. And then what ends up suffering is, you know, oh, we really should put a new roof, but that's preventative. We could probably wait another year. We could probably wait another year. We could probably wait another year. And then all of a sudden it's a crisis. Um, and that's where we're at in a lot of these uh, a lot of these schools. You know, they've just deteriorated to the point where the repairs are no longer sort of of a preventative uh, nature. Now it's like, okay, you got to rip the whole roof off and put a whole new roof on. And that costs, you know, $100,000 or whatever. So do you think it's 
raising more revenues and with you know more higher tax dollars or is it reallocating the budget and cut making some cuts yes so yeah so i'm not a big fan of raising taxes i think that you know you know part of this whole plan of like keeping people in there you know of improving the community for people is not to push people out right right um uh, you know, so there's a bunch of things available, right? So federally and at the state level, um, there are buckets of money for infrastructure improvements, right. um, especially now attached to some of the COVID-related measures yeah. to go into place. So, you know, we have to get really, really savvy at finding those. Um, you know, for instance, RIDE, the Rhode Island Department of Education, um, you know, if you look around the state, East Providence, South Kingstown, both building brand new high schools right now. Uh, and they're getting a significant portion of the cost to build that school paid for um, by, you know, through the state. Um, and then the state's getting funds from from the Fed um, to make it uh, to make it work. So so we need to find those areas um, of opportunity. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing, you know, I don't know. Uh, if either of you have refinanced a home recently, but you know, if you're going to borrow money to do a yeah. big project, now is the time Yeah, uh, because five years from now, if the rates, you know, come up two or three points, all of a sudden now you're going to be able to do 30 or 40% less of a project than if you had just bit the bullet and did it now. So I think, yeah. you know, that's, that's part of the calculus here too. So we discuss this all the time at my office or at work. I and and when you see Post Road near the airport, right? Yep. Do you guys have it? Have you talked amongst any of your constituents about plans on improving the area near the airport? Because I feel as if you land, like if you're not from the area, you land at TF Green, get me to 37 and 95, <laughs> get it north or south, and let's avoid this area. You know, at all costs. And I think you're not a big Bertucci's fan, man. But it's a but I feel like it's missed opportunity. Yeah. Because I feel like you have the space and you and you could have you have the money where those dollars don't need to go to other cities and other uh, other towns. There's no need, you know, obviously Newport's Newport. You're gonna go south, you're gonna go by the water. But there's you could build an area around that that would allow people that would want to stay in that airport area. Has, Has anything like that been discussed? that you've well, heard moving forward? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a good question. So I'm I don't know all of those plans, mm-hmm. but you know what I will say is over the last 6 years, I've definitely you know watched uh press releases and read articles about, you know, the investment that's already been made, right? They build that yeah. train station, the the people mover across. Yeah. yeah. Um they were calling that the wasn't it like the innovation zone or? or yeah, yeah. So um, I think that there are some efforts that have been made, um, but you know, government can't build an economy in, in a in an area, right? It can sort of push it along. Um, it can help stimulate in some ways, um, but businesses have to see an opportunity. Um, and then make a decision to seize it. Um, well, I think uh, we're still, my office is right there. I'm on Senator Street because I work for Avis. Okay. Yep. So uh, 
I think Matt, your your prayers have been answered because I th I'm pretty sure Hooters is reopening right there. I drove by it the other <laughs> okay. day. So. You know what? All problems. You know, with a Hooters is coming town. That is a sign. The whole thing. Yeah, that's it. And there's a Starbucks. We got Starbucks down the street. So, you know, I mean, yeah, it could be on a, the come already. Starbucks, you have a Hooters. You know, maybe they what can keep, need? Uh, I think they have the cash for gold spot like a block away. Yeah, so, you know, that's a good spot. They, they, there's, but no, but there's you see that, these There's areas. that old bar on the on the right at airport in uh, Post Road that's been a million different things. Potential. But even if you gave the front of the buildings a facelift, where it was yeah. just a more modern look, and and the same local places stayed, you could bring. There are a lot of nice restaurants where people, you know, you could open a satellite location. So, like my wife's um, family, they live in Chicago. They have a lot of great restaurants in Chicago. And then in, um, I want to say, it's not Aurora. It's, it'll come to me. But they have a little smaller satellite restaurants in, in the suburbs. Like what you should have those types of restaurants in Warwick where they can fill up those spaces. Still owned by local, you know, local people. Keep the money in the community. And to keep the people in town to, you know, those are tax dollars. Those are dollars that will go to rebuild things in Warwick. Um, yeah. I'm not running for city council. What do I? Know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you we sure? We are going to take. Yeah, we are going to take a quick break, guys. Right. Check out the Tom Gronkowski Tom Gronkowski show uh, at here on SFBN right at nine o'clock. When we come back, we're going to continue this with Vinny. We're going to discuss a uh, few few more of his uh, his takes on politics. We're going to discuss some COVID and sports, and then uh, we have the weekend sports. Take a look. <laughs> And now we're talking the Matt podcast. I gotta get but uh, we're here with uh, Vinny Gebhardt, uh, Democratic nominee for Ward Nine, Warwick City Council. Um, and we were obviously discussing, uh, you know, just discussing plans, you know, uh, for City of Warwick, um, things we can do. Let's discuss a little bit um, the effects of COVID in sports. Obviously, what has happened canceled football they still have it but you know with good weather we've able to have some outdoor sports at a minimal uh capacity i guess you would say but now heading into the winter um what do you foresee and what do you kind of see the plan going forward i'm sure obviously being a nominee you're able to see some insight in what the city's you know planning on doing and uh give us a scoop yeah so i mean a lot of that um, I think is still unknown. Um, you know, the, the, the way the city is, is run the school committee, you know, drives a lot of those school decisions. The city council is responsible for the budget attached to it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, in Warwick, I mean, we're still struggling to get kids back into school. Um, I mean, the, the different grades are still phasing their way back into school, um, and are not, you know, mo most are still distance learning at least three days a week, if not, uh, five days a week. So, um, you know, it's very, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna be a big challenge. Um, you know, so I, I don't quite know what's going to happen, um, there, but. You know, uh, what do you think is different about Rhode Island versus other states? Well, why why is it a, why has it been a struggle for, say, Warwick or even the state of Rhode Island to to bring sports back and even what you're talking about with schools, when you've got other states that are that have managed to do it and are kind of carrying on with life? 
you know? Yeah, it's, it's a good, so, I mean, it's a good question. Um, one uh, piece is what I mentioned to you earlier, which is we have very old facilities. So if you go down into, you know, Georgia, you know, suburbs of Atlanta, you go down to, into Texas, I mean, you have, you know, areas that 10 years ago was a dust field and now right. is like a, a city that sprung out of nowhere. And so they have 10 year old facilities with, 10 year old HVAC systems and 10 year old windows. Um, and you know, we've got 60, 70, 80, hundred year old buildings. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, th that's a big part of sort of the legacy challenge that we have um, is that, you know, we, we're just an older community. Um, and, you know, like I said, we haven't made, enough investments to modernize uh, the buildings. And so we just kind of lag behind um, when it comes to sports. You know, I think this, the school committee has a real challenge on their hands because parents, while they're passionate about sports, they want the kids in school. Like if you had to ask most parents to stack rank their priorities, yeah. like, do I want my kids back in school five days a week or four or three? Or do I want, you know, Johnny to be able to go play football? Um, and I think most parents, at least that I talk to, you know, prioritize the school first. So then it becomes hard, you know, if the if to bring that football team back requires budget and spending money and what, you know, whatever to make things safer, then, you know, you you have to deal with the parents who are saying, well, ho hold on a sec. So you're going to spend money. So Johnny and his 20 friends can play football, but you're not going to spend money. So all the other kids can go back to school. Um, and I, and so I think that. And so know, it's a, it's a financial thing. Part, it, it definitely, definitely in part. Um, I, I think, don't think if, aside from being a financial thing, it's, I don't, my opinion, it shouldn't be mutually exclusive. I think school can come should be able to come back assuming that they have the resources to make things safe. And then football would be just a, a part of that or sports yeah. or basketball or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So it sounds like it's, it's a finance financially driven where we just don't have the, the resources to make it, I guess, quote safe enough. I mean, that's a relative term um, to do both. Correct. Yeah. So that, I mean, there are, there are sports happening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, not all the sports and probably not, uh, you know, full strength. A lot of that's dictated by, you know, what's happening, you know, coming out of the governor's office too. which sports are safe and which ones, you know, you can play <laughs> at full strength and which ones you have to, um, you know, distance or mask or, or whatever, you know, there's, there's a lot to it, but, you know, I think it's super important that, you know, kids can go to school and, and play sports. Uh, right. So, you know, we need to keep helping um, both the school committee and the school administrators, the principals and the superintendent to figure out ways to get us back um, to where we need to be. But, you know, if you're watching the news now, you're seeing like, hey, we've got another sort of uh, – surge coming um where you know there's going to be i think a push to pull back uh somewhat as we go into the colder months here so you know it's it's probably not over yet um but 
yeah, it's definitely painful. Yeah, it's been depressing. It's been, uh, we were talking about it before we came on the air, just this whole sports season, especially national sports and even the local season. Like, it just doesn't seem real. It just seems, you know, yeah. it's very, very off. Like I was talking to him, I, I hadn't been able to follow him, tell him, Todd, I haven't been able to follow much of the baseball season. It just seems well, kind of odd. It's, no, you know, it's been a weird year for sure, but I, I do think that, that professional and college sports leagues, conferences deserve a heck of a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. for being able to pr- put a product on the field. They've navigated the speed bumps. Uh, obviously, you had the Marlins outbreak early in the season. Yeah. Everybody was like, oh, my God, the season's going to get canceled. It didn't get canceled. It was fine. The Titans went through their thing. The Patriots, it's fine. I think sports is a is a good scope of, of shows people that, look, we can still do things yep. during this pandemic. And people are going to test positive. I don't think it was ever meant to say that nobody's going to get COVID nineteen. Right. The whole idea was to slow the spread to give it buy us time for the healthcare system and for to develop a vaccine and treatments, which yep. I think has been done um, based on the research I've done. So I think this. I think sports. You know, you get people out there that really bang on sports leagues for you know, the SEC and that, you know, uh, coming back, Big Ten didn't want to come back. The SEC did. Then Big Ten followed suit. I don't think they've gotten enough credit, to be honest with you, for for just showing the way, leading the way back to, like, normal life in a sense. They're, we've got fans in the stands now. You, it shows that you can go by the guidelines and you can still do things. Maybe it's not normal and 100% normal, Mm-hmm. You can still do things, and that's so. Yeah, it's definitely been a weird, weird season. But I mean, we've still had a lot of drama in sports, that's for sure. But what about last night? With uh, did you watch the, the game last night, the World Series? A, a little bit, yeah. Okay. So what? What's your take on that? Uh, on Justin Turner? Did you hear about that? I did not. No. Okay. So Justin Turner, third baseman for the Dodgers, big time player. He gets lifted in the eighth inning. The Dodgers are up three one, and you know, and basically a game six situation. They're four or five outs, I think, at the time, six outs maybe, from winning the World Series for the first time since '88. He gets lifted. Nobody knows why. They find out that he tested positive, or his results came back late, and he supposedly tested positive. He gets lifted. He has to go isolate. Dodgers go on to win the World Series, and the the teammates. And the management staff and every all the players and wives said, "No, get Justin Turner out here. We want him out here to celebrate." So he's getting the Dodgers and Major League Baseball getting a ton of backlash for him coming back on the field and not isolating. And his stance is, "Well, first of all, my teammates are okay with it, so they're the only ones in close contact with me. And by the way, we just played eight innings of a Major League Baseball game, so what's another ten minutes, right?" <laughs> So, but it just seems like people like to grab onto these stories to just kind of bang on a on a on Major League Baseball like that instead of just saying, "All right, well, what is, what's realistic about this?" But I mean, it's it's a big story that people are talking about. It's kind of overshadowed a little bit of the the Dodgers win. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. So, so. before we head out, before we're gonna we're gonna cut to a break and we're gonna let Vinny go after this but let's uh you know where can they uh anybody watching or listening 
where can they uh, get out to vote, vote early, let them know where they can vote uh, in your area, where the drop boxes are, and where they can find any information, any voters who are kind of on the fence, who haven't already decided after listening to this podcast to vote for you. But anybody who's borderline, let's figure out, uh, let them know where they can find your information. Okay, great. So anyone anywhere in the United States who may be listening to this can vote early um, and, and go to their Secretary of State website, right? In, in Rhode Island, you go to sos.ri.gov forward slash vote, um, and you can find all the early polling places. But specifically in Warwick, um, in Appenog at City Hall, side door, up to the second floor. Uh, you just bring your license, check in, they'll give you a ballot. Um, you can do that tomorrow, 8.30 to 4.30. You can do that Friday, 8.30 to 4.30. You can do that Monday, 8.30 to 4. Um, after that, your option will be election day, November 3rd. Uh, there are three polling locations open in, in our ward, uh, and so in our area of Warwick, St. Greg's. First Baptist and Potawatomi Golf Club. Um, so get out and vote. If you need to drop off a mail ballot, um, that drop box is also at City Hall. It's right outside uh, that door where you would go in to go uh, vote early. Um, if you need information on me, vote the number four vinny.com. Uh, that's my website. You can find information. You can make a donation. You can sign up to get a lawn sign. You can uh, sign up to help out on the uh, at the polls on uh, on Tuesday. Um, so yeah, very much appreciate uh, Matt, you and Todd thinking of me and yeah. inviting come to come along. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. I hope you had fun. I hope you come on after you win. Yeah, let's do you it. Can, you <laughs> can gloat. Um, I think you should sign Todd up for uh, a lawn sign. He'll be the one, you know, <laughs> the one sticking out on his neighborhood. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But you uh, swing by and drop one off. You know where I live. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Joe, come by with the baby, you know. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on, Vinny. We appreciate it. Um, yeah. We're going to take a quick break. And thanks so much. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Vinny. You've seen it. You've heard about it. Juicing is all the rage these days. And getting freshly made juice is a great way to add healthy, vital nutrition to your daily routine. But how can you do it without going out, buying a juicer, and making a mess of your kitchen, or going to the market and getting drinks filled with preservatives and all the extras you don't need? Well, luckily, if you're local to Rhode Island, it's as simple as contacting your local Juice Girl. That's right, the Juice Girl. The Juice Girl RI is a local fresh juice delivery service that delivers right to your home or office. You order during the week, and they will bring your juice on Mondays so that you can start your healthy week off in a positive direction. To find out more, go to thejuicegirlri.com or email lisa at thejuicegirlri.com.
Hey guys, welcome back. Now we're talking the Matt and Todd cast episode. I believe it's episode ten now, right? Is it? Yeah, I think that was a great discussion. What do you think? You got to know yeah, it was a good. What's you that? Know a neighbor, you got to know a neighbor. I know. Today. Got a neighbor. I now I for, of course I forgot which street he lives on after I told me <laughs> the pre-show. Uh, but yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, seems like a pretty sharp dude, and he, I like his ideas and pretty down to earth. So yeah, Vinny's a good choice for uh, for Warwick. We uh, okay. I've known Vinny since you know in high school we had similar friends. I went to school with his cousin, and obviously we both went to college with his wife. Right. Um, so uh, let's get to the week in sports. Usually we right. at the beginning, but now we're uh, we're at the end. Sure. Um, also, guys, a uh, couple things before we get to that, which I probably should have mentioned. Uh, email your mailbag questions to askmattandtodd at gmail.com. Um, you get a free t-shirt and a hat since and a hat. Sport, and a hat. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we have that. You can get us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, subscribe, like, let us know what you think. Um, so we can, uh, you know, constantly make improvements, have some fun. Um, so you want to go baseball or should we start with football? You want to get football out well, of the way? Let's get we go? NFL out of the way. Um, right. what was your takeaway from the week? Well, NFL football, um, well, obviously, you know, the 49ers took it to the Patriots. That was a quite a drubbing. So that was the game I was watching for sure. You know, I'm a 49er fan. It was Jimmy G's return back to Foxborough. Um, so that was pretty much my takeaway. And I think it's simultaneously Brady was, you know, putting a hurting on the Vegas Raiders at the same time. So that was, it was a rough day. I think it's Vegas been a rough. Raiders. It still sounds weird. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's a rough time for New England sports, New England football for Patriots fans. And they've not, for your Patriots fan, you haven't experienced this since pre-Brady. And I'm, enjoy, um, I'm enjoying it to be very Oh, honest. you are? Okay. I'm enjoying it because, you know, you go on Twitter, you go on Instagram and, uh, there's a lot of the you know the hardcore Patriots fans that now uh, it seems like they have Bucks beanies, oh yeah, Tom Brady jerseys. I mean, you know what? It's so ridiculous. It, it reminds me of what the 07, 08, 09 Celtics when the big three left after we got rid of. Uh, they went to Brooklyn, and they went to Brooklyn, and then nobody was a Celtics fan for like three yeah. years. Well, that happens. But I enjoy, I'm enjoying the purge because you, you don't want them anyways. And yeah. listen, you know you can't sustain greatness for. Two decades. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, what they've done is unprecedented. Um, I grew up a 49er fan. I remember when Joe Montana went to the Chiefs. I didn't go out and get a Chiefs gear. You know, I'm a 49er fan. I I just started like a Steve Young now. He's he's our guy. Um, There's just so much. It's so polarized, though, because of what how they handled it. Um, And we we even do the Bill versus Tom. I mean, Belichick's he's on his back now. He's having. (laughs) He's struggling. If he went with Jared Stidham from the beginning, I kind of feel as if he would have a, like a significantly better chance to win more weeks. But if Jared was improving, but you're with Cam Newton, you you went all in on Cam, which as the Panthers have shown is not a good idea. Yeah. Like besides, yeah, he his, stinks. besides his suits, he's awful. He stinks. I mean, I watched him. He was throwing it in the ground. He couldn't reach receivers. He was, he threw three picks. You know, a couple of them were really awful. The, I think the last one was just a deflection that just popped up in the air. It's not really his fault, but yeah, you know, Stidham didn't look much better. 
I thought they probably should have benched Cam at halftime and let Stidham start the second half at 22-3 to three down. I, by the time they brought him in, it was too late anyway. I mean, the game was over anyway. You can have some Brian Hoyer action. You can have some Brian Hoyer. He didn't dress. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but, like, the game was over. Yeah. I mean, the 49ers really – they had a couple holding penalties, penalties early. One that took away like a definite scoring drive. They could have been up thirty-five nothing at halftime easily. That oh, game was over very quick. You could see it. The 49ers do, do whatever they wanted to do. It was good to see. Um, as being a Niner fan, I mean, they're you know they're going to have their work cut out for them. They get more injuries. Debo went down. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so. That was definitely my NFL takeaway. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, nothing else like huge happened. The I Cowboys look like garbage. Oh, the cow! They're you know what? Oh should, boy, are they bad? They should just start tanking now. Yeah, they, they and you know what? We gotta suffer through the the Sunday night game this coming week. Is the Eagles and the Cowboys? <laughs> the Cowboys might start their third string quarterback. Oh they need to get yeah. off that game. No yeah, one's gonna they, watch that. Can they, have they? Can they flex that yet? Can they? Can they flex that game? I, I would think they would have already done it if they could, but I still think that they're the thought is that the Cowboys will still bring eyeballs. You know, oh, they'll draw. Still, the Cowboys are still good for rating. And you watch Carson Wentz, you know, throw it to phantom receivers. It's yeah. gonna be horrible. I had uh, my game of the week, which I think probably a lot of people's were, and mostly mine was because of. Uh, my uh, my fantasy team. I got to watch uh, Kyler Murray. Oh, that was a good game. Uh, again, I, I, but I was really impressed. One, Kyler Murray, my starting fantasy quarterback, not this week. I have a little Derek Carr action. But um, I'm in really impressed with Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, he's, he's a good coach. As, as an NFL coach and really what he has to bring to the game. And you know what? It's He's impressive. And he puts Kyler Murray in positions to win. It was kind of... It was kind of you know exciting to watch two quarterbacks, one that is a essentially a younger version of himself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, are you seeing a lot of Russell Wilson? You know, not that he's going to be yeah, a little as good as past, Russell. But he, yeah. He has a lot of he has a lot of skill. He has a lot of skill. Yeah, like, Kyler's he, good. I mean, and Kingsbury's good too. Uh, I thought that that hire got a lot of criticism. Yeah, we discussed that but, last week a little bit. But and, Kingsbury knows how to coach. Yeah. Um, and he, it's just his time too. His 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 vision for offense is just so timely right now. What yeah. they run, um, so it just it, it, he's a perfect fit right now. He probably wouldn't have fit five six years ago, but he's perfect for right now. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, I've always liked Kingsbury, even back yeah. at Texas Tech. He's got great hair too. You know he does. Hair. Did you see that? Did you see the NFL draft picture he tweeted out of his house? Yes. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury, <laughs> living his best life. <laughs> living the dream. But yeah, so really, I mean, the the if did you? Uh, I talked about the little briefly about the World Series with uh, with Vinny, but I mean, I got all fired up last night because I'm so tired of these managers, these nerds, these analytics geeks yep. that have injected themselves into the into the sport of baseball. It's it's ridiculous. Um, Blake Snell struck out nine through five innings. He allowed no runs and two hits. He was, he had no hit stuff. He, how many pitches? He, how many pitches he said? I'm not seven. really sure how many he had. 
Yeah, 70s or 80, right? Yeah, 70s or 80s. It wasn't, he was efficient. I mean, he just, you could tell by the way he was, his rhythm in the game, the way he was working, that he was just like, he was, they were not going to hit him that night, you know? And you used to see that with pitchers like Kurt Schilling and Pedro and, you know, Clemens through the years, even, you know, um, Randy Johnson. These guys, they get the ball, Cliff Lee, and you just have this feeling that they're, it's their show, and you're not touching them tonight, and that's all there is to it. And Blake Snell had that look, but it didn't matter because they're, the stat geeks and the analytic nerds have decided that it's just not good for a starter to, to face a lineup the third time through. So certainly the, you know, the five and a third, the lineup turns over to Mookie Betts. Keep in mind, Blake Snell struck out Mookie Betts twice that game and made him look pretty bad both times. And here comes Kevin Cash to take him out because the book says can't face the third time through. So what happens? The bullpen comes in and promptly blows the lead. They were up one nothing. They they finished the inning down two one. Ended up losing three to one. And it's just you know I just can't understand why the it, it's like these managers aren't even watching the game. They have no feel for the game anymore. And I saw it in game five with Aaron Boone um, for the Yankees. Garrett Cole's throwing a one-hitter and five, and five and a third, and he goes and, he goes and takes him out. He's got a one-nothing lead. Like, it was the same situation. Well, don't it you d- feel like they're not hiring the man? The general managers aren't right. hiring, hiring I think that's part of it. managers? As- the managers and- are not what they used to be. They're not Buck Showalter or Joe Torre or, you know, Terry Francona. These guys are not you know, making decisions from the dugout. The, the decisions are made before the game even, you know, gets kicked off. And that's part of the problem because you get this whole room full of analytics nerds that have never played, have no feel for the game, and are just basically making decisions based on statistics, right? And and that's fine over the course of a regular season, but it really needs to be thrown out the window in the playoff game because it doesn't bear out because it doesn't take into consideration that maybe like – Five times out of ten, Blake Snell is gonna his ERA is gonna go up the third time to the order, but stats don't look in Blake Snell's eyes and look at his body language and look at the opposing hitters that they can't really square the ball against them, and they don't take that in consideration, and that's why it's flawed and it doesn't make any sense and it's it's really frustrating. Well, from somebody who who doesn't play baseball, you weren't yeah. an athlete. You were. It's there's a reason you weren't all. An athlete. Right, it's all statistics, and and there's a place for it. I get it, but it it doesn't. It basically what Kevin Cash told you was it doesn't matter if Blake Snell struck out every battery face. It doesn't matter. He is coming out the third time through the order, and that's exactly what happened. And it was so obvious. And you know what? I'm glad it cost him the game because it, something had to change. And the way the Rays do things, and I know they're a small market club, and they have to do things differently. Mm-hmm. But his four outfielders at the end of games and dramatic shifts and the way he uses his bullpen and things like that, I think that I think baseball needs to legislate some of that out of it because it's 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 turning a lot of fans off. It's like you know, just like in 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 the NFL, the baseball is the only sport that doesn't make any rule changes. They hardly make any rule changes ever. And, and there's no real reason for it. The NFL, look at the NBA. Look at the NBA in the 90s when when you 
Look at how they played defense in the 80s and 90s versus mm-hmm. how they play defense now. That was made to benefit the offenses and make oh, yeah. it more attractive to casual fans, more scoring. Look at the NFL. I, I make this argument all the time when people compare Brady to Montana. I say you can't compare the two because Montana played in a different era, and he his career was cut short, frankly, because there was no rules against hitting the quarterback like there are in Brady's era. So Brady's able to keep playing at 43 years old. Montana's back was shot when he's when he was in his early 30s because yeah. you saw the hits he took from Lawrence Taylor and you know guys like that. It's a different era. They changed those rules because they determined that the offense really drove rating. Oh yeah. And 100%. you know even receivers, you can't touch you used to be able to mug receivers that came across them, but now you can't touch them. Remember what Rodney Harrison used to do to, to yeah. Marvin Harrison? He used to just yeah. maul people coming across the middle. That's Ronnie Law. I mean, oh, you, yeah. you you couldn't go across the middle, you're going to get knocked over. Now you can't do that. Baseball needs to take that lead and say these elite, these shifts have got to go because what the shifts have turned into, baseball has turned into home runs, walks, or strikeouts. And that's basically all people care about now. The problem is nobody, there's no action. Yeah, a home well, run's fun. You know, it's home run exciting. derby. Yeah, it's like a home run, but then he just walks, runs around the bases, and that's yeah. it. If a lot of people think baseball has a length, and pace of play problem, but I disagree. I think baseball has an activity problem, and base hits equals base runners equals activity equals decision making. And the more base hits, these these hard you know ground balls through the first and second base hole to score a run from second, those they're not they don't happen anymore now, right? And those keep pre- stolen bases, you know, keep pressure, keep activity going. And if if baseball just got rid of these shifts and called it a legal defense like they do in the NBA or, oh, yeah. you know, if they call it a penalty in the NFL, it would go a long way. And then they can tweak other things to make the game faster. But, I mean, like, you know but you how – But you wouldn't mind while it's sitting through a four-hour game, three and a half Right, as long as it's exciting. If it's exciting, nope. because how often do you watch a three and a half hour football game with no right. problem? It, nobody no cares problem. about the time of it, like as long as they're entertained. Exactly. I grew up watching Yankees Red Sox games, so I I clearly don't care about how long the games. <laughs> yeah. But they were exciting games. There was yeah. something going on on all the pitches. It was just real tense and energetic, and there was action. Think about the highlights that you see from Derek Jeter that they always yeah. show when they show ESPN. How right. many of them are home runs? Not many. And how I mean, many of those plays that he's made to and then would be actually be made today because of the way they play baseball? None of them. It's, almost, yeah, almost it's none. going away. I mean, uh, like I said, Mike Mike Wilbon put out a tweet last night, and he said he really can't blame Kevin Cash, I guess, and it's the way the things are played. But he said he's like, these managers today would take out Bob Gibson and Sandy yeah. Koufax. They'd, they'd yank them. And it doesn't make any sense. Like, and frankly – these pitchers are soft now. Oh, yeah. Like, I'll tell you right now, if you tried to take Roger Clemens out of that game last night, he would have he would have pushed Joe Torre off the mound. Get away from me. You're not, you're he, not taking the ball from me. Yeah, so it's funny. These so guys are week, like, here you go. Here's the ball. Right. See you later. So last like, week we They're had, running off the mound. They don't even want to be on the mound. 
So Ramon uh, was on last week for Ball and RI, and he said, you know, you have to specialize now. The kid there, there's yeah. so much. They, you know, the kids are better so much, but they but they're not athletes. And the athletes of the '80s and '90s who played all sports, used different muscle groups, used them in different mm-hmm. in different ways, could pitch all the time, and they were aggressive and they were winners. These kids now. You know, not yeah. to talk bad about, you know, a 12, 13 year old kid They're they're groomed to pitch their seven innings, give the ball up. Yeah. This is the math. It's horrible. Oh, it's systemic. It, yeah, it is. Know, it's absolutely horrible. It's a, it, you know, it, it doesn't make any, especially this year too. Like we talked about how weird the season was. They yeah. only played 60 regular season games. Blake Snell might've made 10 starts. Usually in a regular, he makes 35 starts, you know, like. He's got plenty of bullets in his arm this year. I mean, this is game six. This is Until it. Until he's giving it up, you you keep him on there. And even Absolutely. when he says he wants to come out, we're going to send you out for one more. And here's a guy who won the Cy Young. I'm sorry, but I don't respect a Cy Young award winner. And that whole award is meaningless now. Yeah. Because starting pitching has been watered down. Well, isn't like, the new thing that the rant, the race started? Uh, there they have openers instead of close. It doesn't make any sense, oh, and it's like ridiculous. an opener can get you through the regular season, but it's too gimmicky. Gimmicks just don't work. Um, it's just it's it's really frustrating. But like, let's remember what relief pitchers are. Relief pitchers are failed starters. That's all there is to it. They're starters that that One couldn't get pitches. through. They they couldn't develop a third pitch. They couldn't, you know, navigate through a game and, and, and keep hitters off balance for, you know, more than one inning. That's what relievers are. And the, the reason why in a, in a long series it plays out, relievers are less effective the more times hitters see them. So if you go to your bullpen in game one and they, you know, they get a one, two, three inning, well, okay, that's great. But if you have to go to that same reliever like three, four times in that series, Chances are, that's the other thing that, that isn't taken into consideration. Chances are these relievers, they've been exposed. They, the book's out on them. And, and everybody, all these relievers are throwing 100 miles per hour now. So that's not even an advantage anymore. Like I was looking at this kid they brought in last night. The Dodgers had him. I don't even remember his name. Dude's throwing 102. Remember when Araldis Chapman came up? Yeah. He's throwing 102. Nobody had seen it before. Now, Araldis Chapman doesn't even throw that hard anymore. He's slow. He's got like he's got a great like, change up at, yeah. at, at 98. He, exactly. He's throwing 98, which is great, but it's not 102. You know, and he, that it's baseball. I think has a huge issue on their hands with this, um, you know, this activity problem. And I was just so fired up because. And it, Blake Snell's one thing, but it, it brought me back to the Garrett Cole decision. I mean, they they the Yankees brought Garrett Cole in to pitch a game five in the or a game seven or a yeah. big game in the playoffs. They that's why he's on the Yankees, right? Theoretically, yeah. yeah. You you why even why sign a guy like that if you're going to take the ball from him in the fifth inning? It doesn't make any sense when he's throwing a one hitter. You get the call from like upstairs. why. <laughs> they they exactly they signed him for nine years, three hundred forty-five million, so he can give you five innings. They basically took Garrett Cole, and they turned him into Masahiro Tanaka. It doesn't make any sense. We already have Masahiro Tanaka. <laughs> we we need Garrett Cole. Yeah, you know, and um, yeah, it just drives me absolutely crazy. I was so fired up, <laughs> I couldn't no, wait to get out. You're not giving off that vibe at all. You don't give yeah. off that vibe at all. But like, what? I mean, what are your thoughts on it, though? I think it's you know what I don't. I have not enjoyed really watching the way baseball has been playing, but I also like, I, I want a horse. I want a guy that, you know, if he's pitching, yeah. he'll go get you eight. He'll go get you right. nine. I want to see an argument 
at the at the mound like no like go away like yeah like and and also I, I I like to see baseball guys be baseball guys like have a manager say yep. you know what like we're right here you know this is my I'm making the decision but you know I'm what, watching the game but they're not hired like that now they don't want that no no and, and they won't get the job if they if they make decisions that way it's it's part of it yeah no that's Talk about off topic though, but baseball guys being baseball guys, I think the most outrageous rule, or if it's even a rule in sports, is the Yankees no long hair, no facial hair policy. Really? That is that's that's another thing that drives me absolutely crazy. It's like <laughs> why can't Garrett Cole keep his beard and his long hair? That's part of what makes Garrett Cole Garrett Cole. Remember when the Yankees brought in Randy Johnson? Yeah. And he had to shave and he had to cut his hair. He, he even looked like, like Randy Johnson. Looks like an alien. Like, wait a second. Who's this guy? This guy's like an eighth grade science teacher. This ain't Randy Johnson. I, we signed Randy Johnson. This is not him. Um, and it's I. It's going to take, like, remember Johnny Damon came to yeah. the Yankees. He had to shave. These guys are like. Brian McCann. We, looked we, just take, like, yeah. we just take these guys and we cut their balls off of them, make them shave. It's like ridiculous. We're, like, we're I, think a, I think there's a way that you can say, hey, you know, we're not letting the big beards, but you can have facial hair as long as it's well kept. And, you know, I mean, I don't even think you should. Yeah. Why? Well, these guys are playing baseball. Yeah. And, and the reason why that they keep it in play yeah. is because they want to honor George Steinbrenner. And the way to honor George Steinbrenner is to win. win championships. That's how you honor George Steinbrenner. Yeah. I don't think like, it doesn't matter. Like, and what it's going to take, I, I have this conversation with my brother all the time. The, the only way you're getting rid of that is Garrett Cole needs to just, you know, show up to his start next year with a beard and go. It's his day to go. Yeah. And he needs to dare Aaron Boone to, to not let him go take the field with a full beard. That's the way it's going to change. And you just like, keep doing it. And somebody who's like, you know what, dude? Money where they, no matter, you can't find I'm ready to pitch. You, you don't want me to pitch because I got a beard? All right, fine. You can go explain to everybody that I, I'm not allowed to pitch tonight because I got a beard. Uh, and what happens is we get like 90% of Garrett Cole. Yeah. Like, it's just not the same Garrett Cole. It's, it's mental. I'm a guy. You have a beard. I have a beard. Like, it's just mental. It's like, there's something about it. The only way I get rid of Especially my beard is for if yells at me. What's that? No way to get rid of the beers if Stacey yells at me. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you don't want to. You don't feel like it. Yeah. Like, these guys are neutered now. You know, come on. Let the guy have a beer. We signed Garrett Cole here. We're, we signed Randy Johnson. This it didn't even look like him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so oh, it's a little off topic, but I'm telling you, it's, we can it's do a whole, part we can of do why. A facial hair episode. Yeah, Next it's week, part of what them. what makes the Yankees, and then like they just don't look like they're having any fun out there. It it's like they're trying to make it look corporate, and it's so it's so annoying. And then now they're listening to Brian Cashman in his room full of geeks and making decisions. And that's it, what the Rays did last the most night. Overrated general manager in baseball, Brian Cashman. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I and I don't think funny, the past what five six years when the money's really evened out, you see how yeah. average he is. Well, Brian Cashman, I mean, we could do shows upon shows of the of the failed decisions he's had. And it 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 blows my mind that that he's not blamed more. He he has he has whiffed so badly on building pitching over the years, it's ridiculous. I mean, he really could have had Garrett Cole a couple years ago. But didn't want to it, give up the right price. But he didn't want to trade Miguel Andujar, right? So Miguel Andujar doesn't even have a position now 
Yeah. Like he's not even on the team really. He's not good enough to play third base. He's not he doesn't hit enough to to be a DH. If we would have just included him in the Garrett Cole deal a couple of years ago, we would have kept him from going to Houston and he would have pitched for the Yankees and they probably would have won the World Series that year. The year before that, Justin Verlander was available at the waiver wire deadline. Could have had him for nothing. Just would have had to pay his contract. He blamed it on the fact that Hal Steinbrenner didn't want to spend the additional money because of their payroll. Okay. I can't blame Hal didn't want to spend money. What's that? When was the last time a Steinbrenner? No, I mean, he actually run. Basically, I can't blame Hal for that because he looked at Cashman and said, really, I'm spending $250 million. I'm not spending any more money. And that's still Cashman's fault because look at the contract he doled out to Jacoby Ellsbury, who wasn't yeah. even playing, which was one of the most – Brian Cashman has signed. That's the worst. By, by the time Stanton's runs out, it'll be three of the absolute worst contracts in sports history. By the time they're all done, it'll be Jacoby Ellsbury, A-Rod's second deal, yeah. where he where he had – we opted out and he re-signed him and paid yeah. him more. And Giancarlo Stanton, because he's he's got like eight or nine years left, and he already can't stay on the field. Wait till Giancarlo Stanton's forty years old, getting paid thirty five million dollars, and the, the is going to be a mutant. Well, he's going to be at home, right? He'll be home. They'll, they'll have to get rid of him. They won't even let him. They can't even have him in a dugout because they'll want to have. They, the hope will be is everybody will forget he's on the team, and that's what they did with Ellsbury, and Brian Cashman did all of those deals. And he still is regarded as some kind of great GM. He's not. He's got to go away. He's got to go away. He's got to go. I'm convinced that as long as Brian Cashman's running the show, the Yankees aren't winning the World Series. Um, they did win in 09. They, it, that was the year that they signed CeCe, Teixeira, and A.J. Burnett. Yeah. Um, CeCe worked out pretty good for him. Teixeira was probably a mediocre signing. A.J. Burnett gave you one year, and that was that. But A Rod really went out of he was out of control in that playoffs, and that's why he he carried the team to the World Series that year. That happened, but can you imagine if that didn't happen? I mean, it would be since two thousand. Oh yeah, and this is all under Brian Cashman's watch, and it's all his fault. Well, on that one, we're gonna make a quick. A quick well, he I sucked. told you we could, I time. told you we could make shows upon shows about that. We do have to do a quick transition to okay. basketball, NBA, before we're out, because we're out of here in like 10 minutes. Um, season restart, December 22nd, possibly. Is that Awful. been determined? It's all but all but, all but signed. It's a five, supposedly a $500 million difference in revenue, which means the difference of the players withholding between 25 and 30% of their paychecks. Um, at the end of the year, to holding anywhere from forty to fifty percent of their paychecks. No, they were they were talking talking about starting originally on Martin Luther King Day, right? Yeah, exactly. But they found out that if by starting on the twenty second, yeah. so it's a money made, decision. Oh, it's a, all about money. Not yeah. one oh, player health, player safety, whatever you it's want. To always comes out the money. window. It's yep. you know, and they're you know they're hoping they they're able to what I you know I've talked about, and I'm sure you and I have in the past. They're going to try to have fans in the arenas in sections it's going to be the haves and the haves nots it's going to be if you yeah. want in those ten thousand dollar seats it's going to be you know an exclusive are they going to gouge the prices too oh 110 percent if what, you can, what, what else can you do it's going to be you know 
maybe you're why not just sell the tickets for for what the face is and just sell less of them that's not an option apparently huh? i don't think that's going to happen because they've allowed people to opt out of their season tickets so at that point you can really do what you want with it um we got nfl free agency and the drafts coming up um i don't even well you mean nba free agency nba sorry nba free agency and the draft coming up the 17th 18th the drafts the and free agency is going to go right through the start of the season like people are going to be signing guys beforehand we don't know what they're going to have to do if they're going to have to quarantine after they get signed for you know <laughs> you've been somewhere else so you might get signed on the 10th you've got a quarantine you can't play on the 22nd if it's if it's opening night um we're gonna have we're gonna have to do well another episode just on <laughs> just on the nba yeah, it sounds like so you and i want to discuss gordon hayward and family possibly leaving boston yeah and you but, know he he's been up for a trade option um on the trade block trading block. I'm not a fan of trading him. I think I like I like him in Boston. I actually like him as the point guard. I think you play him at the yeah. Point. You mentioned that. You know I mentioned that before. But um, you and I discussed his uh, his wife doesn't like it here. No. Well, not here, but you know in Boston doesn't like Boston, and that's what one of between him, Betts, Brady, Kyrie, Horford. Did we, who else did we miss that? Gronk. Gronkowski. Decided Boston wasn't for them. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I don't know. I think there's something to it. Um, well, I think the Betts deal was mostly, or at least, you know, what was speculated on was like a racially motivated type of thing. I mean, there's a lot of whispers about that. Yeah. Um, I also think it's, there's something to do with, how the organization treats their players when they leave. Um, I mean, you saw that with like Nomar too and uh, Johnny Damon. What's that? Manny Ramirez, the smear campaign. Ramirez, yeah, absolutely. Really the only athlete that's really a legend in Boston that still is, you know, tied to Boston is David Ortiz. Yeah. He's really the only guy that, that is still, you know, he retired as a Red Sox and, even like Dustin Pedroia, people are soured on him. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's culturally, and I think it's the organizations. But there's there's a definite issue. There's definitely something to it. I mean, say what you will about Kyrie Irving, but I mean, he Boston put a lot of stock into making that deal for him. They were going to build a team around him, and then he just said, "Yo, I'm out of here. Like, I don't want to be here." And if it was just Kyrie Irving, you could say. Well, Kyrie Irving's, you know, he's a spoiled prima donna and he doesn't want to play for the Celtics. And that's, you know, that happens. I get it. But Al Horford's never been viewed as that. Tom Brady couldn't wait to get out of here. Um, and that you could say that that could be, have something to do with Belichick. But he was treated well by the owner. That's for sure. And you get the sense that Brady, like, really wants to stick it to that organization. And you saw, no, I mean, he just brought in Antonio Brown. Yeah. Any t- I mean, he's no friend to Robert Kraft if he's bringing in Antonio Brown. I'll tell you that right now, especially after what Antonio Brown had said about Robert Kraft on his way out the door. So Brady clearly has burned bridges here. Um, Gronkowski would rather retire than play, and now he's back in Tampa Bay. So what does that tell you? And then um, now we're seeing it with, with Hayward. Um, there's talk that Hayward has a deal with his wife that, you know, he went down to the bubble and the plan is that he's going to opt out or 
you know, request a sign and trade and go back to Indiana. Yeah. Or, and they also let it leak that she wanted him to sign in Miami and he wanted to, you know, go play for Brad Stevens. So basically that's run out. So I think Boston sport, all the sports franchises in Boston have got a little bit of an issue on their hands when it comes to retaining their talent. Why does everybody want to get out of here? I mean, it's a great place to live. The or the fan base cares. There's an invested fan base. What is it? I don't know. I'm not. I'm just a hypothetical question. I have no idea what it is. But do you think it's maybe that the the fan base cares a little too much, and there's no separation, and maybe mm. you know you're excited to to play for a fan base that you know is all in, but you know how New Englanders are with their sports. It's, yeah. You know, maybe they want to be able to go someplace and have a little bit of a break. Maybe in Tampa, where I feel like maybe they don't really care, they care about the Bucks now, but you know, you yeah, kind of go about you know, it's not if you lose maybe. a game, it's not that could be it, and it's not in your face all the time. But I, I, I don't think that's the case with Brady. Because Brady's a global icon, yeah, um, and Brady would have played. It, he chose Tampa Bay because of you know, Bruce Arians and the pieces that they have there probably for the climate too, because of Giselle. But I don't think uh, Brady would have went and played anywhere. Um, if he felt the situation was right, as long as it wasn't new England, really. Um, and I don't know, does the Celtics really get that like rabid fan base type of reputation? I don't know. I think it's more, you see that in a red, like for Red Sox fans and Patriots fans. You know, being a Celtics fan, I think you know you have your your core group, but in general, it's it's a lot of fair weather fans. A lot yeah. of a lot of current Celtics fans that weren't there in the lean years, you know. Uh, so um, we'll see what happens with it, though. But I definitely heard that he he's looking to get out. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what the Celtics end up doing. Yeah, um, I, uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. For sure. Yeah, it's been a tough. It's been a tough week plus for Boston sports fans after having a great run. Yeah. Now you, you watch Mookie Betts go, and he was great last night too. Yeah. Um, Mookie Betts, he's a great player. He goes and wins a ring with the Dodgers. You got Brady rolling down in Tampa Bay with Gronkowski. You got Gordon Hayward trying to get out of here. You got, you just had to watch the Lakers and LeBron win the, win the NBA finals. I don't really follow hockey, so I don't know what's going on there, but <laughs> it's been difficult for, yeah. for uh, you know, and the Red Sox were in the toilet this year, and they really, they've really become a bit of a mess. So, um, and yeah, the Yankees didn't win a World Series, but yeah. they're you know they they're in the playoffs, yeah. obviously higher prospects. So, yeah. it's been you know, and I guess all good things have to come to an end. Yeah. Well, on so. that, um, we have no fantasy draft today. No. Uh, yeah. No bag. We were actually we're obviously in the transition with the new show. What do you think? I kind of, I kind of dug the new layout, added some, uh, some stuff outside of sports. What do you think? Yeah, always, I always like that, you know. And as even with that, we still, you're always able to tie in sports. Yeah, sports is such a fabric of our society that yeah. you can tie it into everything. And I meant what I said, but I think sports is important to show us the way back. Yeah, people watch sports, and it's like, okay, game's on. You know, it's normal, like. Yeah, I got to wear a mask everywhere I go, and we got this crazy unrest and political divisiveness. But I'm still able to watch my game, and I can go out to restaurants. It's a little different, but it's not. 
I think it's been helpful for people's sanity to have sports back. I can I know that for a fact for myself. Yeah. But I think it, I speak for a lot of people when I say that. So it's important, and you could always tie it in. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um, yep. Well, another great episode. Yeah. Um, well, good luck uh, with we'll, paternity leave. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking, obviously. Yeah. But uh, in a few weeks, we'll come back. Who knows? Maybe we'll be able to sneak in a few uh, mini episodes. You could do a live diary of diaper changes and uh, bottle I would, feedings. I would say I would stream <laughs> from the hospital on Wednesdays, but I don't think that'll be approved by hospital staff. Oh, boy. <laughs> a lot of HIPAA violations. Um, yeah, that, that could be it. That's probably not the only yeah, thing exactly. you'd have to worry about. But, uh, guys, but good luck. For- Thank you. And uh, another great episode of uh, Now We Talk in the Matt and Todd cast. And uh, talk soon. Later, bud. All right, buddy.